Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of Rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash uberone for details. All right, everyone. Kicked Back, presented by Uber One. Liam, Brett, and Caroline here with you. And I just want to get right into it because, Liam, you're English, as all our Kicked Kicked Back fans know, and... Zero zero draw between England and the U.S., a game that I think many English fans predicted would have been maybe a blowout. Uh, I don't know. A blowout. I Didn't think, you say they were going to roll over them? Yeah, but I'm highly confident <laughs> every single time. God, I am emotionally damaged Aww. after this game. What a roller coaster of literally nothing. Like There was no ups and downs in that game. It was just... U.S. absolutely giving it to England somehow. There were so many players that were so, so subpar at best. And I'm going to say something here, and I mean this in two ways. Harry Maguire was the best player on the pitch for England. And to me, it wasn't even close. 100%. Nobody, I would even argue, he was even the best player on the pitch, just in general. I thought he was fantastic today for England. And... In a bad, in the negative way, your centre back should never ever be the best player on the pitch when you're not playing a top nation. The US, I've, I think I've said this before. If I haven't, here it is. They've got a lot of good players. You there's, have said that. You've given no, credit to them. There's no denying the talent they have. However, their centre back partnership is Tim Ream and Walker Zimmerman. Tim Ream is 34 years old, I believe. 35. Walker Zimmerman is a 29 year old MLS player. England's front three of Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane, and Bakayo Saka should be able to handle that with ease. And they were put to work today. So I just want to preface all of this with saying I know how you feel. Because when Poland played Mexico, and I don't even Mm. think England played as bad as Poland did, I know how that when you're emotionally drained and you're very emotionally invested and England could have been the first team to secure a spot into the next round today with a win over the U S when it doesn't go the way that you guys anticipated it to go after a really good performance against Iran, it's tough. And we all think that this English team is incredible, but the Americans today, you know, I give full credit to them and this is why I picked them to get out of the group. And I know that it might've been a little bit of a risky take even still because they have to win against Iran. And I think it'll probably come down to goal difference if, if, if they're able to, but this American team came out confidently composed, 
organized. I think my favorite part about it was they were just patient with this English team. And at times where England was forcing the play, the U.S. was just very, very calm. And I was almost surprised because I was like, you would think it'd be the opposite with the experience that England has. But um, there were times in the first half where England looked very dynamic, but not enough to rattle this U.S. team. I don't know what happened, but like I said, for the U.S. in the first 45 minutes against Wales, they were really good. And I think they brought a complete performance 90 minute performance today against England. The thing that they're lacking is a, is a goal scorer is capitalizing on those chances. And I mean, not, not the, not the greatest performance for England. Uh, and I think one that the U S should be very happy about. Yeah. I mean, I'll give them credit. They played really well. They, ex- they pushed England quite a lot. I actually thought they had way better chances mm-hmm. than England to, to score. And I, you, you could feel the threat and, uh, England managed to turn up at the right times, I suppose, throughout the game to kind of ease the attack of the U.S., but also England just weren't sustaining anything for so long, and it was just like, how is this happening? And for the U.S., like, big game, they needed that so, so bad. Like, after what you said happened to them with Wales in the second half, they were much improved. This is not the team that's been at the World Cup for the US for what would that be? 45 plus 90 is 135. 35. <laughs> <laughs> they have played 135 minutes of quality football. Yeah. And right now, they're probably the other team that deserves to go through in this group. I would say England is still deserving of qualifying. And also, I would just say one other thing on England. We did draw our second game in the Euros against Scotland too, and that was abysmal. No, arguably worse. I don't think it's the end of that. You know, English fans can't, you know, go home and cry and say it's over because sometimes those games are needed. I actually agree with the commentary on that. It was said in the middle of the game. Sometimes games like this are needed to kind of not humble England because I don't think that they came out and had a cocky performance, but to just kind of remind them, you know, that any team can come out against even the best of players and give them a good performance. I agree with you. Harry Maguire was the best player in England, if not on the pitch, because how he won aerial battles, like I think he won three headers in a row on corner kicks from the US, how he stepped in for challenges. He he blocked shots. He he was just such a big presence for the for England today uh, that if he wasn't there, let's say, for example, Gareth Southgate put in a Tamori, who I still think is incredible. I don't know if Tamori would have done the job that Harry Maguire did today. And English yeah. fans need to take like take a second to kind of realize that Harry Maguire, like we've said on this show, Liam, you know, he gets a lot of hate, but maybe he's not as bad as everyone thinks he is. I have been, you, well, you know, you know, on the Harry yeah, Maguire you know. train this whole time. I said like tomorrow shouldn't make this team over you Maguire. Did. You absolutely did. So here's the stats on Maguire today. 94, 94 touches, eight clearances, the most in the game, eight long passes completed, the most in the game, six passes into the final third of the pitch. Five duels won, five times possession won, five aerial duels won, three touches in the opposition box. For a defender, that's very good. Yeah, I agree. One shot, one on target, one taken, com- take on completed, which was when he was in the, do you remember when he was in like the corner and it dribbled? And- Dude, he's prime was, Neymar. That was the most <laughs> awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. I couldn't believe that. And one interception. What a game. What a I fantastic agree. game. Harry Maguire shows up for England at these tournaments. He was in the Euro 
2020 team of the tournament. He was massive for them at the World Cup in 2018. And here we are in 2022. We all spoke about how good he was in the first game. And now we're all talking about how good he is in the second game. Coincidence? I think not. No, I completely agree with you. Uh, One guy I want to touch upon, Harry Kane. I think that even though his scans for his ankle came back fine. I do think he's feeling an injury because it wasn't your typical Harry Kane performance today. Um, what I will say though, because I don't want to harp on him. I, I think he's injured. Why is he on the field that long? And that's a Gareth Southgate question, which I know a lot of fans have a lot of questions for Gareth Southgate right now, right now, based on the substitutions he made based on the players who remain on the pitch. And most of all, where the hell was Foden today? Yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold would have been a perfect guy to put into the game today just because of how good he is offensively. I don't think Harry Kane's injured. I don't think England would run that risk. But also, this is one thing now that drawing against the USA does. If you win today, you qualify. You can rest a bunch of players on the third game against Wales. Now you can't do that. You just put yourselves in a deeper hole, and that's why you need to win every single game. It's just so vile. Um, but let's say Harry Kane's not injured. He still played terrible. Oh, yeah, he wasn't he, good. He wasn't good at if all. If you're Gary Southgate, are you taking him out? No, because he showed in the 94th minute how big of a threat it could be when he just put it wide. Like, he's a lethal striker. He's one this of the best true. in the world. I'll give you that, yeah. because we've even seen him do that with Tottenham. In the, yeah. like the, <laughs> he's non-existent all game, and then he'll he'll score a late-minute goal. Well, it was that one against Chelsea yep. he had, and then also the one against Sporting that was called offside. Yep, I agree. Not offside. But that's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> well, it's actually this one. But <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> what other podcast are you on? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The Phil Foden thing is... Mind blowing to me because you saw the effect that Jack Grealish had when he came on the pitch. I thought Jack Grealish was fantastic when he came on. Mm-hmm. Rashford, I don't get it. I don't know how he's the next man up. I like Rashford. I appreciate that he's in the team. He scored a good goal against Iran the other day, but I just don't think he brings that same threat that Foden does. Mason Mount, he's never really does it for me. Like yeah. you, you watch him and he's a fine player. I'm not saying he shouldn't be in this team because he definitely should. He had that good chance at the end of the first half. But to me, I just don't, he's not a major threat. And I think I understand it from a Southgate perspective of like, okay, well, Mount's not going to do anything wrong. And he's kind of going to ease the game and like make it kind of simplify everything. He's not going to like overdo it, where Foden is a little bit more flash. And maybe at the 60 minute mark, you that's when you start bringing on like Foden, Grealish, uh, Jamie, James Madison, when he's healthy, like it's another guy too, who, who isn't fit right now for England and with two games into this tournament, like when's he come in? And uh, the Jordan Henderson substitution was <sighs> odd. He was okay, I suppose, when he came on, but I was just like, really? That's that's the first midfielder we're bringing on when you have like a, even a Calvin Phillips or Connor Gallagher. Like, I guess a, I guess you don't want to lose the game as well, but in an England mentality, you shouldn't go into it thinking like, oh, we can't lose this one. It's like, no, let's go win this game. And England have those players on the bench. Trent's another one too. I thought Kieran Trippier was absolutely horrendous today. I thought he was so, so bad. And I am, I love Kieran Trippier. Barry Beckham. But like, he's amazing. But I, there was so many times today, I was like, what are you doing? Like, that was so poor. So yeah, I, I had that thought about Trent as well. You know what? I think that, you know, not taking anything away from the US, but what they lack is that consistency going forward and being that really super offensive threat. So I think Trent, where we kind of on this show, we've kind of 
said the things that we've said about his game defensively. It's not the best. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'd be a risk putting him in because the U.S. wasn't the biggest threat offensively. Put Trent in and take the game to the U.S. at that point. There needed to be a moment in the game where England and Gareth Southgate took off players and brought in creativity and brought in just a force to be reckoned with offensively. And the Henderson substitution just completely baffled me because I don't mind Henderson, but it wasn't the right type of substitution. A Foden should have came in. How good has Foden been for city? Yeah. He's been one of the best players in the Premier league. Like I said it when I did that little prediction thing too, like, Southgate will not start folding. Why though? It's just not his guy. It's just not his guy. And but you look at it and Saka, Saka. I refer to the Euros a lot because he was only last season, right? So Saka came on in the Euros and played well for England. Foden wasn't great, and Sterling led the team in goals. So you kind of look at it and it's like these guys haven't done anything wrong to kind of lose those spots while Foden is doing so well at club. It's just like such a awkward spot to be in I guess in Southgate but also he's got to look at it and be like oh, it's probably a good time to bring on probably my best player <laughs> and I understand Southgate having his guys and and whatnot and him having to make these decisions on a roster full of talented guys but at the same time you have to analyze the game yep. and understand what's going on and understand what needs to be done because uh, I think that this USA team did super well Hats off to them. But if you kind of bring in these fresh legs of a Foden, of a Trent Alexander-Arnold, who are able to start initiating that attack, that's a hard thing for any team to deal with. And like you mentioned, no disrespect, but the two center backs for the U.S. are MLS players. And they're going over, they're going against maybe the elite of the Premier League. So that should have been taken to them and put down their throat. But this is also, again, where you give it <laughs> hats off to the U.S. because they handled it. I mean, Adams on the U.S. just absolutely denying Saka all game long and and Jude Bellingham for a part of the game was taken uh, out a bit and just denying the middle of the pitch. They did a really good job. And Zimmerman, I do think that he kind of redeemed himself because he saved that Harry Kane shot in the box. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, uh, the attempted bike? No, was he, he, it was on the ground. <laughs> I think Saka passed the ball to Harry Kane oh, and yeah. he had a one-timer and Zimmerman deflected that shot. And I was like, okay, he's made up for his god-awful penalty that he caused against Wales. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think tough, tough, tough game for England, Liam. It was, I don't know how the word this because I'm very emotional right oh, now. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I feel just, bad talking about, I was on my way to work. I'm like, how do I talk today without making <laughs> Liam feel more of the heaviness that he's already feeling? Cause I've been in your position, so I get it. I, I still believe in this team. Yeah, as you should. One game isn't going to define them. No. I've there was actually a stat said on the on the broadcast. It was like no other team has ever gone to the World Cup and drawn more games nil nil than England. It's like oh, I feel that <laughs> I feel that very much. Um, a lot of good players in this team. One thing I probably would have done when Henderson came on, I think I would have actually brought on Conor Gallagher. Okay, he brings that little extra boost from the midfield where I would have taken off Fo uh, Mount for Foden and have Foden higher at the pitch. But like, I just think if you have five subs and you're in like such a tight game like that, use them. The, US, the US did. And they, today England got out coached by Greg Bell, Berhalter. Which is scary. It is not ideal. I was going to say, do you think that a, the substitutions were a little too predictable? Like Jordan Henderson, you kind of know that he is the guy that's going to come on, even though he probably shouldn't have been. Um, and then you mentioned Burhalter. Did, did 
England just simply play into Burhalter's game. I actually was very shocked by the Henderson thing where I probably shouldn't have. But yeah, I think they fell into the trap. Like you could kind of see this US team was playing in such emotion together. The entire every time the ball went left, the US went left. Every time it went right, they went right. If there was someone narrowed in on the sideline, they like collapsed in on him. And it was so hard for England to do anything in the first half. Second half, I think England were able to open them up a little mm-hmm. bit more, but not as much. And I guess that's a credit to Southgate in that regard that they were able to create a few more chances in the second half after some adjustments. I think from a positive perspective, Argentina lost their first game. I think we all assume and they're going to go through to the next round still. Like Jim, maybe not, but, <laughs> but like there's just like stuff that happens in the World Cup, I suppose. Like England just have to go and beat Wales, who they've beat numerous times before. This team is more than capable. This team could win the whole thing. Oh, I, I'm not. I don't take this as like an the, the English team's not getting out of the group. Mm-hmm. I just, I think this U.S. team, quite like Canada, has a lot to prove. And through performances like this, they earn respect. Because if they had the ability, like there was McKenney who missed a sitter who could have scored, you know, um, Pulisic hit the crossbar on an unbelievable strike. You know, these are moments that if the ball went into the back of the net, they would have walked away today with three points. And you could have said the same thing about Canada versus Belgium. Right. So I look at this and it excites me so much because come 2026 and the world cup is in USA is in Canada is in Mexico. These, this core of this team already has the experience from this World Cup. Add that experience and add it to the youth of the rosters and the talent on this roster on both the Canadian USA side. People are going to have a hard time competing because mm-hmm. they just had a nice picture today. The US had a nice picture of what they could do against a top European team that could potentially win the whole tournament. They Yeah, they just got to find a way to score. They, they have to. Own, that's that's, that's only, all it is. That's their only kind of letdown right now. I'm trying to find it because I saw it before, but... Here's a funny picture, actually, of Harry Maguire as Paolo Mandini. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. That wasn't what I was going to bring up. That just made me laugh. <laughs> Maguire had a quote. I can't remember exactly what it is, so I'm paraphrasing. But he basically said, like, it wasn't good. The England weren't ruthless enough. Like the, They weren't good enough going forward and wanting to score goals. And I think that shows a level of confidence from Maguire as well. So like, I don't know if he would say something like that at United right now. Shows the kind of leader he probably is at uh, England. So, yeah, I don't have a lot else to say about it. I think the big takeaways for me are England lacked threats. The U.S. did a fantastic job of closing that down and making it their own. Christian Pulisic has a personal event vendetta against the entire country of England. I'm convinced by it. That man is a, I don't know what it is. As soon as England gets brought up, he has something to say. And then also, um, it's coming home. Oh, <laughs> what? I just let them slip that right in there. Um, you mentioned you wanted to hear the the match rating for yeah. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. This is odd. Oh, one football has our, our boys. Yeah. Our boys at one football shout out, shout out. And this is the proper reaction. Harry Maguire got a six point nine. How? That's high for them. John Stones. Just wait. John Stones got a seven point zero. Just wait. Kieran Trippier. Don't. 7.3. Hold on. <laughs> Luke Shaw is 7.6. Do you think they do this just to get a reaction? Like, is there a comment section on their website or something where people, where it just floods? Because it has to be for clickbait reasons. I'll give you the real ones from the app I use. 
<laughs> Not someone who just pulled out some numbers from a hat. Harry Maguire was given a 7.5. Well deserved. Luke Shaw actually did get a 7.8. So maybe I didn't watch Shaw as much, but I didn't think he was fantastic today. I thought actually he was way better in the second half. Uh, Kieran Trippier, 7.2. Stone, 7. The only other player on England higher than a 7 was Declan Rice with a 7.1, who I thought probably played decently today, did his role. Uh, the lowest rating on England, Mason Mount. Here's what I'll say, my summary. Uh, England, experienced Young talent, depth. This is a team that I think has it all. Yep. Uh, the U.S. absolutely took it to them today, played confidently and patient. I think that the patience that they showed today was probably uh, the best thing that I saw from them on the pitch. They weren't rattled by this English team. They weren't rattled by the big names of Saka and Harry Kane and Jude Bellingham and, and everybody else on, the, on your team. Let's be honest. Everybody on your team has a big name. Yeah. Uh, so I just... I'm excited to see what this team does against Iran. I think that they could still get through. What are the odds, Brett? How does it work? You're you're good at this stuff. Like, what's USA's chances right now of getting through? They just got to win, right? They just have well, to win. Tech, well, so right now England sits with four points, so they'll probably get through. <laughs> now Iran gets the win today, so they get those two points or three points, excuse me, and. Now they have the three points. England has, or uh, USA has the two points. So they technically do have to win, or they do have to win to move on. But since they play Iran, even if they do get a point, that means that Iran still will go through. Because that's based off wins. I think at that point it would be based off wins. So Iran has a win. Iran has the win, which gives them that three points. And England or uh, USA still has those two points either way. So, so there's e- no way USA can go through. Yeah, they, they can. If, so they just have to win. They just they have to win. And by a lot of goals. Is, no, they don't. They can literally win one nil because Iran's goal difference is still that's minus it. two. Okay. And the US would have five points. Uh, yes, exactly. Which would also mean, it, depending on the England uh, results, they there might be a depend like it may depend on the goal okay. difference as well. As long as England don't lose. They will go through his group. Wins. Exactly. So, so this is the thing. The U S had a solid performance against England. They need to have the same performance against Iran. Cause Iran's a very good team. They need to find a way. The one thing that they didn't do today is score. That's what they need to do against Iran. And then I'm, I really, really like this team. I'm happy. I picked them. I'm not like, I, I was scared. I was like, if I pick them to go through, you know, did I put too much respect and responsibility on this U S team and God knows, you know, all the criticism with Burhalter. You even have to give him credit today. He managed a good game. He did. He, it was, he managed a very good game. Who did I pick? Did I pick Wales? Yes, you did. All right. Well, I hope that doesn't happen now. <laughs> <laughs> so, soccer, yeah. soccer or football, Liam? Football. Still football. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is the worst part of all of this. One of my friends, Caitlin, 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 whoops, he's a boy, texted me and said, your country had one job today. And you failed. Yeah. Like, you're, you're telling me. There was the, uh, did you see the chance that were like, it's called soccer? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I live it. I get it. I get it. It's what we grew up with. Well, I didn't, but like, it's, it is what it is. But it just, it just feels like really weird to like hear it at a World Cup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just seems odd, but it is football. Do you, okay, quickly before we move on, just because you're Garrett, a massive Garrett Southgate fan and you're starting to really bring me onto the <laughs> side of we stan Gareth Southgate and Harry Maguire. 
do you think that he should have some responsibility in today's draw? Yeah, definitely. I think actually these tournaments, it's sometimes very important to change a team. Yep. Not even the 60 minute mile, like going into the game, like every team's different. So you attack Iran the way you did. And I get it. Tactics, you got to change them and everything. The US is probably a better team on paper, but like just mix it in, mix it in a little bit of different flavor, like giving some different attacks. I haven't seen what Phil Folden can do at this world cup. Yeah, or like whoever, mm-hmm. like Trent maybe at the right back. Like the one thing I would think for next game is James Madison's probably going to be healthy. Kyle Walker likely could be healthy enough to play. Calvin Phillips, does he factor in maybe? There's options. Yep. And I think that's a positive thing. So stay like that's how I'll end my England segment for okay. what, half an hour. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's good. Minutes. It's good. Well, we have to. It's a yeah. It's, well, it's, it's the biggest game of the day. It's the biggest game of the day, and then we'll move on to the second biggest game of the day, which I thought was the Netherlands versus Ecuador. Your team. <sighs> yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not. As I've said before on the show. The Netherlands growing up for me was top tier football. And you even saw one of the greatest, you know, Dutch players today sitting in the stands. Um, Wesley Wesley Schneider. And I remember like I pointed him out to Mike. I'm like, he was so good when he played. Uh, And you just remember those days for the Netherlands. And this Netherlands team is not doing it for me because Ecuador took it to them. They were the far better team, in my opinion. And See, you know, Cody Gakpo in that shot he took was unfreaking believable near post shot. Absolutely nailed it. How perfectly precise that shot had to have been to get in is just Liam. You spoke to him on this show, um, spoke to him about you spoke about him on this show uh, and how good he is. You're absolutely right. This guy now has two goals for, for the Netherlands in two games. But other than that, Ecuador in my opinion, was the better team in this game. Yeah, from I caught most of this game, and yeah, like Ecuador really, really gave it to the Netherlands. And how great is it that Valencia got to set that record, especially after getting the one called off against Qatar too. And just they played with a lot of pace Mm -hmm. and a lot of threatening plays throughout the game, Ecuador. And they're exciting. They're really exciting to watch. Um, Like, yeah, like now you've got to look at it and think, what if Senegal beats Netherlands now? You know? Oh, sorry, that's not it, is it? No, it's the other uh, guitar. One. Yeah, yes. okay, well, there's, yeah, there's no fine. way. <laughs> so it's been a day, guys. It. It's Friday. It's been a day. We're even two podcasts today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, like Netherlands, well, they're lucky then that they get to play guitar next because boy, oh boy, do they not deserve to kind of have it against them right now. I think they've they've fully put themselves in this position and quite frankly, they're lucky. Yeah, not come out of a loss today. Uh, So 15 shots for Ecuador and four on target, two shots for the Netherlands, one on target. Right. So I think what is probably the most exciting thing for Ecuador fans is that when you look at these group stages, you see an Ecuador and you're like, ah, they're not going to do well. If you don't watch them day in and day out, or you don't watch South American World Cup qualifications, you don't really know a lot about them. But this team's proving themselves in both games that they've had. Enter Valencia absolutely leading this team three goals in two games. So, you know, just just an unreal, unreal footballer who we've mentioned on the show before again, that he's been doing it with his club. Yeah, and for yes, and for anyone who's been watching him in club football, he's he's on a tear as well. So so 
I just hope that this Ecuador team finds a way to get out because they absolutely deserve to. And a questionable call by the referee to deny that goal right before halftime. And a lot of these refs are making these questionable calls. This isn't the first one we've seen that has absolutely changed the outcome of the game. And I think a tough result for Ecuador because statistics show if you watched the game, you know that they deserve to win this game against a top dog Netherlands team, which is overrated. Yeah. Yeah. The the offside thing, I get it. I understand why it was called, but also look at what happened. Like, there's no way he interfered or anything. We kept getting that weird angle too, where it was like from the side, so you couldn't truly tell. But it's like, man, like, is that really the call you're going to blow? Like, I'm so tired of these referees in this World Cup so far. Agreed. It's not about you. We were not, no one paid to go to the guitar to watch you on the field run around and you fluorescent lion shirts <laughs> we're there to watch the best players in the world perform at the highest stage and i feel like we're not even a week into this thing and var and refs have been such a massive <laughs> role in this thing and quite frankly i'm tired of it because it is ruining it var is there to assist the referees and he's making it worse at this point like, i've been a defendant of var for a while because i think it's good that you can get those calls I'm almost just over it where it's like, just let the, I'd rather see a ref make an error. Yeah, you're on my side oh, now. It's so annoying. There's 15 guys in that damn VAR booth and all of them are making the wrong call. Yeah. I love it before every game they show you like the VAR officials in the room, right? Like they're all in front of all these computers. Yeah. And the first thing I think of when I see that little preview, I'm like, how the hell are they going to get all of them? Are they going to get a call wrong today? Yeah. How they? How did all of those guys not understand that the Richie Larea moment in the box was a penalty. I know. It's unbelievable. Do you know the irony about it? Because I said the Ronaldo one shouldn't have been a penalty. That was a Canadian referee in the VAR room. No. How ironic is that? Because <laughs> like, I, I did my whole thing on it and then I, I looked it up and yeah, he was a Canadian Canadian boy. I can't remember his name, but... Interesting. Whatever, I guess. The, uh, uh, the, the VAR officials and there's four of them i believe total four or five or whatever many yeah Yeah. um in the most controversial call so far his name has been juan soto has been involved in all of those games not the not the san diego padre yes juan soto but also interestingly enough the referee in the argentina mexico game tomorrow he averages over five cards per game wow from uh i i'm not sure where he's from but he uh his name is daniel orsato and uh, he he refereed the first match of the World Cup, and oh, we know, yeah, that guy, yes, that's the guy who did the Tottenham Sporting Lisbon game. Yes, that's him. So Tottenham Sporting Lisbon is when there the was side one. Wow, that was yeah. Because I, you guys have to remember that I don't remember like forty eight <laughs> hours from now, yeah. but I do remember being really pissed off about that call because I thought that that was bullshit. Yeah. Um, I'm ninety nine percent sure that's him. He's Italian. Yeah, uh, I guess one thing, just if we're talking about it, England put in a complaint to the FA, England Federal, whatever it's called, put in a complaint to the FA about the Harry Maguire non-penalty and just said like how inconsistent the calls have been throughout. So I guess like after every game, you have to put in a report and England put that in their report. So I'm assuming Canada put one in I was about to say, do you think Canada versus Croatia, they're going to be owed one essentially? You know how that sometimes works, right? You know how, like, yeah, it's like no, the unsaid maybe. rule maybe. or whatever. Like, maybe something not 
Too crazy yeah. happens in the box and Canada's given a penalty just because of FIFA freaking owes them. I think it's interesting too that Canada really hasn't spoken about it too heavily. Like, oh, the managers and stuff. As long as, I don't think so, right? Why, like, <laughs> England have come out and literally made a complaint. Like, maybe that kind of puts a differentiary kind of thing. And I'm trying to make sure this is the same manager, uh, referee. But either way, like, it's been an absolute disaster. And it wasn't the same guy. I have his stats actually up here. And from the World <laughs> Cup so far already this year, five appearances. He's doing five Oh, that's qualifying. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. The qualification. This saying, is the qualification. Excuse games? me. The qualification in uh, five appearances, 23.6 fouls per game averaged. <laughs> uh, he's handed out 31 yellows in those five games. One red, a yellow uh, average of 6.2. Oh yeah. I'm excited to see what happens between Argentina and Mexico. As you know, sometimes with these teams, they get a little chippy. They can get a little emotional, a little chippy. So it might be a good one. Yeah, I think it should be a good one. Um. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I hey, if we're talking about refs, I'm gonna bring this up too. So the ref that managed that did the game for Canada. Yeah. Like we spoke about it on a live Terrible. stream. Terrible. That thing in Tunisia and Malia. So I saw this TikTok today and it's like, he's been sacked by FIFA. And I was I, like, there's no way that's true. I agree. Yeah. So I, I looked it up and he hasn't been sacked. I assumed when I looked it up, I wanted to make sure. There were so many people complimenting him. I couldn't believe it. And like, there was, so these people compliment him. It was like great representation for like, um, AFCON, I think, is what they call their federation or whatever. And I was like, what the heck? And there was only a few comments on them. So I would click on them. All of them Canadian fans. Did you even watch these games? Like, this guy was so bad. Like, And it was just like a couple of pictures of like Richie Larea getting kicked and and uh, Buchanan getting stepped on and like the offsides so on the bad. Buchanan things. Oh, boy. But we could go on a, down a massive rabbit hole on refs. So do, do we, are we, sorry. Do we know who the ref is for Canada, Croatia? Uh, I don't know if we know that far. How about the Croatian newspaper? Honest to God, that was nuts. I woke up today and I'm like, <laughs> are my eyes allowed to even see this? Like, I felt a little, like, I don't know, bad even looking at something like that. It was funny. That is, 
in England, you would see those ones so often where it's like, just like the sport dominates headlines everywhere and you see those pictures and it really made me laugh. It really made me laugh. I, I thought it was like within good spirits. I agree. Liam, I agree with you. I think that both the Canadian and Croatia media are blowing this way out of proportion. Yeah. And I think everyone needs to just take a, like a moment to chill. <laughs> John Herdman, after the game, his job was to pump up the guys. They were feeling it. They had a great performance against Belgium. And what he said to the team is what he said to the team. He mm-hmm. needs to get them pumped for Croatia because Croatia is good. Now, should he have relayed that exact word to the media? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. But I don't think it's as deep as everyone's making it out to be. It wasn't personal. It wasn't deep. I also don't think it's the Canadian players care at all. And I think that the, today a couple Croatian players actually addressed it. And I, I said today on Twitter, I kind of low-key like it because we're in their heads a little bit. And people also need to understand that Croatia doesn't need any more motivation. Dude, they almost won the 2018 World Cup. They're coming in to hopefully win it again. And, you know, they don't need extra motivation. People need to understand, like you said, Liam, This happens before all the time in England. Tabloids are made like this. Media blows it up. Everyone needs to chill out. Kills me. Yeah, it's uh, it's a funny little thing. I I bet John Herdman saw that and laughed. I bet so too. I bet he laughed and he is. I agree with what you said. Like maybe he shouldn't have quite worded it that way to the cameras. Because when I first saw it, I thought it was the cameras that kind of picked up when he was in the hotel. Yeah. And then I just literally saw the interview. I was like, oh well, (laughs) (laughs) that'll change things. Um. I guess final note on Group A. I guess we can, like, shall we just jump into Senegal, Qatar quickly? Yeah. Did you watch that game? I caught some of it. Okay. It's all you. So as we've mentioned very often, we have to get up early for these games. Yeah. Wales, Iran, no chance. And this was the first game, the six o'clock game where I've been like, ugh, I don't know if I'm going to get up for this That's one. exactly how I felt. So, I'm not going to lie to anyone. We're all friends here. So I, I PVR'd it and I caught, I caught most of it. I guess my angle on this is... I'm I'm disappointed in Qatar. Justin, like, this is nothing unexpected on the Senegal side of things. Yep. Like, they should have won this game. They're the best team from Africa to come. Great to see an African team win. Like we I, we spoke about that yesterday with Nathan on the other episode. Um Africa hasn't shown up yet. They didn't have a goal until Ghana came up and showed up, came up and played against Portugal, which was a fantastic game. And Senegal showed up today, and I think that was a good win for them. Qatar, I'm disappointed because I feel like they tried to do something a lot different today, weren't able to succeed in that. But I'm mostly disappointed in the fans, and I'm going to call them out because I I think the fans in this tournament are what make this tournament so special. I agree. You can talk about the players in the moments all you want. Like that Richarlison goal was fantastic. But what I always remember from the World Cup is just seeing the funny people in the stands. Like there was a guy in the US England game today who was dressed as George Washington. Yeah. Fantastic. And then you you see the and you see the Ghana game yesterday and you see all the the kind of African feel to it where they got the drums Mm -hmm. and there's like all these chants and everything. It's just it's really cool. What I didn't like to see was Qatar fans leaving with like 10, 15 minutes left in the game. And the stadium's just empty. It's like, yeah. you have this World Cup. Your team has never been before. It, oh man, I would kill to go to a World Cup in my host country. Yeah. It would be absolutely amazing. And I know when it's here in four years, I, we're going to do everything we can to get to as many games as we can. And I will relish every single moment yeah. I'm at that stadium. If Canada loses 20-0 to 
Senegal, I don't know anyone. <laughs> like I'll be there until the end because it's it's it would be so great to be there. And it's just really disappointing me that now two games in a row. Like yeah. the boys are there, they're giving it everything. Everyone knows Qatar wasn't going to be great. And now you weren't even there to support them. And it just really irks me. Yeah, Qatar first host nation to get eliminated from the World Cup. Um so that's they kind of broke records for all the wrong reasons at this mm. World Cup. I don't think a lot of people had high expectation on them, but you have to, you know, like you said, Liam, take a step back and also understand this is the first time they're ever doing something like this and yeah. it's massive for their nation. And yeah, it would have been nice to kind of see that support from their country and their fans. Mm-hmm. It's got to be nerve. I, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Like they might feel a little embarrassed. They might sure. feel the pressure of the world on their shoulders and and maybe that they let their country down. You know, let them know that it's okay. Yeah. You know, support them through that because at the end of the day, I don't know if anyone had them getting out of their group. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, no. but that's the truth. It's um I put I, I talked about this right before this tournament. I don't think there's ever been a team going to the World Cup that no one had any idea what they were going to be like. That's exactly what Qatar yeah, were. Yeah. There was no indication of like, oh yeah, well they just beat this team, this team, this team. It's like, well we saw them play against Canada and they were decent, <laughs> I guess. And then like, there's just no comparable with it. And it was, uh, I got what I expected. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I guess to spin it onto a positive for Qatar, Mohamed Montari. What a player! That guy has really stood out to me in the limited action he's actually got. I think he came on in like. The 74th minute against Ecuador had that great half volley that just missed the net and then comes on today and gets Qatar's first ever World Cup goal with a header, like after five minutes of being on, maybe less. And it's just, it's moments like that. It's like the stadium needs to be full to see that kind of stuff and appreciate it. I was just, I didn't realize how, I've never heard of this guy. Uh, He plays in Qatar. He's a midfielder apparently and he's playing striker right now for Qatar. And it's too bad he's 28. I feel like if this guy was a little bit younger doing this, he might have been able to, Maybe catch a couple of more eyes. And I love that, that you said that because celebrate the big moments, celebrate the positives, you know, especially when your team's never been there before. Yeah. Just look at Wales the other day. Yeah. When Gareth Bale got that goal. What? That was incredible to see. It was so, so good. And I know when Canada gets a goal in this tournament, it is going to be electrifying. We we were celebrating just a penalty. We might cry. <laughs> like, See, we might it cry. Was, it was amazing. It was, uh, and that's what the World Cup's about. And I, I love it. And you know what? I, I nothing compares to me. There is no other sport in the world that comes close to a World Cup competition because in any other sport, you can talk about the Olympics or whatever for hockey. I guess is a good way to do it. If Kazakhstan beat Canada, they wouldn't talk about it in Sweden. Saudi Arabia just beat Argentina mm-hmm. and you have everyone in the world talking about it. That that football's different. Yeah. Football's on a global scale, just a different beast. And you think about Connor McDavid, who's the best player in hockey. He might go somewhere in Europe or the Middle East and he people don't know oh, who yeah. he is. But Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi goes somewhere. Everybody, everybody knows who they are. He's a jaw dropper. It is. Yeah. So that's just, you know, football's on a different scale. The World Cup's a completely different ball game, completely different tournament. But I agree with you on the fan standpoint. Like even seeing the Netherlands fans, they always love to dress up and, you know, have yeah. their, like the, the wigs and the bright orange shirts and the glasses and the face painting. Like you want to see that from fans. Yeah. I know. I was making fun of US fans for saying it's called soccer, but it's great that they're there. Yeah. It's great that they're building that yeah. atmosphere. It's great that they're showing their culture of we believe mm-hmm. it's called soccer and giving it everything. And it's great to see. As an England fan, I was a little jealous and I wasn't happy about it, but <laughs> it's good to see overall. And 
I think England fans are hilarious at these tournaments. Like some of the stuff that goes on is ridiculous, but the actual funny stuff is like, what are you doing, man? Like you just get these massive guys and it's just no shirt, England flag painted on. It's it's hilarious. It. It's hilarious. Question for you guys both. Do you think that FIFA should start having this rule where just because you host the World Cup, you don't necessarily qualify? No, I think I think they should go. I think it's important that the host team is there to to emphasize what it's supposed to be about. I just think Qatar has done a poor job of doing that. Because you look at all the other ones and I think they've all done a very good job. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it's very much to do with just everything else that's going on with this World Cup. I think that kind of attributes to that. But I think it's it's a celebration of the game and it helps with yeah. the celebration of the game with having the, the host nations there. I think it'll be interesting, though, with Canada and Mexico and I'm just the USA. Say that. How do you do that now? How are they doing that? Yeah. Because now do only two teams qualify from CONCACAF? Yeah. Or do you have like I guess it's going to 48 teams though. Holy. We'll worry about that in 2020. Yeah, we'll have the three-part prediction series. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. I forgot all about that because I was just wondering too. It's like the one after that is 2030. And that would be 100 years of the World Cup. So have you guys heard about this bid? No. So it's 100 years of the World Cup in 2030. So the original World Cup was in Uruguay. And now Uruguay, along with Argentina, Chile, maybe Paraguay, I can't remember the full team, are all trying to come together and get the bid for the World Cup in 2030 as like a historic like 100-year anniversary. My argument is just do it in Uruguay. Yeah. First, the celebration, and then, but the second bid is Egypt. This is one, by the way, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Greece. You may realize none of those are in the same continent, and they want to bid together. And it's just yeah. like, what is going on here? Um, yeah. I, I saw, I saw a tweet, and I don't know if this is true, but they said that North Korea wants the World Cup. Oh, so I think that was. I, I, so basically, the what's the whatever the president's called? I don't even want to know his name. Yeah, honestly, idiot. <laughs> and he said basically that they want to have anyone in the world can host the World Cup. That's how they want it to be. And he said even if North Korea wanted to host, they could do it. And everyone's like, you cannot be serious, man. Like, ugh, whatever. I yeah. don't know what's going on with FIFA. No, I just don't. It seems to have just gone so out of his ways and. I don't know. I've never really known a good FIFA, I guess. Like, because before that, Seb Blatter was so corrupt. And now Infantini, I think that's his Infantino. name. Infantino. Yeah. Infantino. Infantino. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, he seems to be off his rocker too. <laughs> so FIFA is, anyone, yeah, is anyone available? Like, yeah, I don't know. Honestly. Like, what, who are the other options? It's, it's nuts. FIFA, you're only good for the game. And even game's not that good anymore. Go on. What's the last one? <laughs> All right. I think that's it. We do cool bet. Um, Cool bet predictions for tomorrow because we have some really good games ahead of us tomorrow. Cool bet. Tunisia and Australia, Poland, Saudi Arabia. Oh my gosh. Um, France, Denmark, which I think is going to be a really good game. And then Argentina, Mexico. Those are all really, really good. I think so too. Trying to load up the odds here. Um, Are you worried about Saudi Arabia? Honestly, Guys, I love where my parents came from. I grew up in a Polish household. Polish was my first language. I'll always support this team and want them to do well. If they play like they played against Mexico, they won't win. No. They won't win. And I'm going to tell you that straight up. I don't care if, you know, Messi was on top of that, uh, you know, as our lone striker. We wouldn't 
win. We played with a five back against Mexico. I hope he's learned, like our managers learned from that game that you have to take it to teams. You know, you can't just park the bus. Like, I don't know what his mentality was, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe he's regrouped. Maybe he's changed up the tactics for Saudi Arabia, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a draw or a loss for Poland respectfully. Yeah. Can I take a look at that, Brett? I can't yeah. get anything to load over here. Oh, no. Let me read out what the odds are, and I'll give out my picks. So, all right. Tunisia and Australia kicks off the day. Now, Tunisia actually played pretty well against Denmark. Obviously got the draw. Um, Australia, good 20, 25 minutes against France. So, Tunisia are the favorites at plus 120. Mm. Draw is plus 210, and Australia is plus 295 to win. What are you guys thinking? Damn. Again, I always say Australia is good for a, a moment, right? They, and they showed yeah. that against France. They, they opened they the scoring. The yeah. They had the moment. But Tunisia was really, really surprised me against Denmark. And they gave a good Denmark team a tough time, even though the ref should have called like 14 penalties. <laughs> um I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Tunisia here, but I don't think Australia will be an easy team. It, they won't go down okay. easy. I'm at uh, Tunisia, Stan. I'm going Tunisia for sure. Well, you said they would go through. <laughs> yeah, feels bold. Is that the? Is this the team that has that really good number nine? Uh, no, number nine. They have no. a good striker. Do they? I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. Confusing I can't remember his name, but I always remember coming into the tournament, which was only a week ago, so I should remember. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone Kubali. was Bali. Kubali. No. Kula Bali. Oh yeah. Jabali. Oh Jabali. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was oh, really good. Yeah, people were talking about he that was guy very good. quite a bit. Good. I'm going to go with a draw. I just could see this being an absolute shootout. Mm. I could see this being like 2-2, two, 3-3. Two, three, three. I don't know. I could just have that feeling where something wild is going to happen. Just a, one of those walk-up games where it starts at 3 o'clock in the morning. You wake up and you're like, wow, that was the score? <laughs> <laughs> like crazy. Even like the Wales-Iran game today, like 98 minute, 90, 11th minute. Oh, what was that now? 101st minute? Like right. Crazy. All right, Caroline. Poland minus 130 to win. Saudi Arabia plus 430 to win. Who just beat Argentina. And to draw is plus 275. I'll, I'll go first. I actually think this will be a draw. I think this will be a draw. Nil-nil. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I think you're you're on a draw too? Yeah. I'm going to say Saudi Arabia 2-1 oh. because of the masterclass coach that Saudi Arabia has. He came out. Did you hear what he said at halftime yeah, to Argentina? I saw the video. He, he, he essentially said to the Saudi Arabia team, like, you guys are letting Messi play through the middle of us and get the ball and you call that a press. Why don't you take out your cell phone and take a selfie with him? <laughs> like... He gave it to them at halftime, and then that Saudi Arabia team took it to a team that I have winning the entire freaking tournament. I respect Poland, but again, all I have to go off of is their game against Mexico, and I think that if they don't figure it out, I think that Saudi Arabia can come out with a win, too. I'm going to say Saudi Arabia 2-1, and it kills me. I'm changing my mind. I'm chasing the juice. Saudi Arabia to win. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not convincing, eh? That's all I needed. If Saudi Arabia win, do they qualify? Yeah. That would be absolutely insane. That might be the... Would that be one of the biggest World Cup kind of moments? I would assume so. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, Have you heard the story, actually, of the Saudi Arabian coach? Like, he's kind of like journey? Yeah, how how he helped Morocco... Uh, he won the he won the African Cup of Nations yep. with Zambia. In Zambia, yeah. And then like won something. I think he won with Ivory Coast or something too. And but he came from like Cambridge United. 
It's insane what he's done. All right, last couple. France, Denmark. France are the favorites, a minus 122. Denmark to win, a plus 410. To a draw is plus 226. Now, I'm pretty sure we saw what France are more than capable of in that game against Australia. A weaker opponent, definitely. But also, I don't think any of us were like, wow, France can do that. Like, it was very obvious. Denmark had their opportunities against Tunisia. <laughs> Didn't count. Like, the one that stands out to oh, me yeah. is, like, take away the referee calls. Like, guy was on the line. He couldn't put the ball in. Yo, he, like, tried to head the ball in and completely missed. I said, yeah. you don't even need to head that. No. Run into the net. Put your bum in the wall. Like, do anything. Like, a little hip thrust back. Honestly. Oh, just brutal. So... I think Denmark will learn from the mistakes in this one. I don't think I'll win. I think it'll be a draw. That's solid. I think France is just too good. I think they're way too good. I th- I have them winning like 3-1. I think Denmark's defense is unreal and France's offense has a will not have as much success as they had against Australia. I, I don't think Denmark has a lot of goal scorers. We saw that against... Tunisia. Tunisia yeah. I would say like a one nothing Denmark. Denmark did beat them twice. I think an interesting thing is, is Saliba going to play for France? It was, I don't know. I thought that was intriguing. Um, all right. Last match of the day. Argentina. Yeah. And Mexico. Plus 655. 45 for Mexico to win. I'm not touching that. <laughs> Argentina minus 182. To draw is plus 320. I'm just going to say this for no particular reason at all. The over is plus 105 at two and a half. I got a sneaky feeling Argentina might be a little bit pissed off going into this game. Brett? I'm I'm going to go bold. Oh, no. I think Argentina's out of the tournament at, at the end of this match. I have Mexico winning. You can't get past Memo, baby. You know, yeah. I, I said this on the podcast the day that Poland tied Mexico. I said I have to give credit to Mexico because... They did a much better job. And I've said this a long time for a long time now that these teams will look different at the World Cup. It's a different, com- like completely different stage, right? I just don't know if they have what it takes to stop an Argentina that knows it's a must win after probably what is for them an embarrassing result against Saudi Arabia. They would have broke a record. Yeah. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say three nothing. Argentina. I was kind of thinking that too. I just don't think Mexico can score. Yeah. That's my thing. I just don't know if Mexico can score goals. They had chances because Poland's back line was... Mm, I don't know. I think tomorrow's going to be a very interesting day, like a very defining day of the World Cup. There's a lot at stake for most of those teams. Like if Denmark don't win, they're in a bit of a bundle of hurt there. Um, (laughs) Obviously, Argentina, they don't win. There's... Might be cooking. I guess you get to play Poland next, which will, you know, be that. But that's what it is, unfortunately. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just crying right now. Poland's going to play with 11 in the back. The best game, though. I So I, I'm, I won't be around this weekend, but the best game I'm looking forward to, Spain-Germany. Yeah. Germany's done. I'm convinced Germany's out of this tournament yeah. already, which might be a crazy take. But you have to play... Th- Spain, you have to win both your games. Spain has to lose both, or Japan has to lose both. Whatever it is, I just don't see it happening out. Liam, we were so hot on Germany, and we absolutely gave Spain no credit. I did say as well. Uh, yeah, we did give Spain no credit. <laughs> well, that was a bad call from us. Well, what if Spain's done? 
What if Spain is done? What like I here's a hot take. So Spain has played the easiest team in that group. I agree. In the turn in the tournament, I, I would. Agree, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but maybe we would have. We'll have a better idea when Costa Rica plays Japan. If Japan spanks Costa Rica, then yeah. But I, I kind of do have them at thirty-two right now. I think whoever wins that game, whoever loses that game, might be done. Germany didn't have they Germany. Have Germany had a bad game. Don't get me wrong, but Japan. You, it's one of those games where. You, People need to give Japan credit for what they did, especially in that second half. Germany has the players to get the job done. We'll see. I, mm-hmm. I sp- that'll be an insane year. This is a final. Spain, Germany. When we yeah. were growing up, that used to be like a Euro f- or a World Cup final. That was a Euro final. One I, think I think it was. It was yeah. 2010. I don't remember. No, 2012. 2012. Yeah. Also, Canada, uh, Croatia. Yeah, I think. You're going to be able to watch that, right? What time does it start? 9 a.m. Japan, uh, Canada, Croatia. Oh yeah, I'll be in my tucked in my hotel room in Warman, <laughs> Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. There's a lot of good games this weekend. The that Group E is so intriguing. Now that I look at it, is it Group E or Group F? My eyes are just. Dis- oh yeah, Canada's in Group F. Oh, Japan. Maybe I'll get up at 3 a.m. You know what? I'm really <laughs> upset that I didn't wake up for Croatia, Morocco at 3 a.m. because I feel like. I want a better picture of what Morocco is. And I've been reading a lot about it. And they said that Croatia essentially was lucky to walk away with a point from that game, that Morocco did a better job. And even Modric at the end of that game said that they felt a lot of pressure within the first 15 minutes. And they didn't, they didn't have the same type of presence as they had in, in 2018, what I think Mm -hmm. is a crazy thing to say. Uh, So I'm really curious to see what Morocco Belgium looks like. I'm really pissed I don't have a good picture of what they what they can bring. Yeah. Can we do a quick weekend thing here? Just because I know we're kind of running out of time, but I just uh man, the rest of the groups, like I, I'm so glad we've got to see every team play now because we have a really good image of where everyone's yeah. at. And I just love it. Like it is so much on on the line and we're only most teams there. Like I was I'm scared England might not get through now and they have one more game to play. Like they've played you guys two. will be okay. I know I think we'll be you fine, guys poor, it's like, poor so, Liam. so much at stake for a lot of these teams and the pressure and Japan have no pressure. Japan have no pressure. They've won the World Cup in their eyes. Now that I'm sure they want to make a bit further, but they beat Germany. Nobody saw that coming. Canada, fantastic game against Belgium, didn't get the result. Big moral victory. And now Belgium's like, maybe we're not as good as we think. If that's true about the Morocco stuff, like I didn't get up either. Croatia's like, oh, damn. And then obviously Germany lost. Like Brazil was good, but took a long time. Portugal wasn't convincing. Uruguay wasn't convincing. Like now we're here and it's like, well, I don't know. This is exciting. And yeah, Netherlands, England, for heaven's sake. Like (laughs) throw them all in there. Even Denmark. I know. Like who's yeah. been the most convincing team? I think for me so far that I've seen. Because I, I said yesterday England. Now I'm not convinced. It's tough. France and Brazil, I think, did really well. But I also think I want to see France and Brazil play a team of their stature. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but if I'm going to pick an underdog, like uh, Japan, absolutely took Germany out of the game. Like they yeah. did well in that second half. I think both those um Asian teams in Japan and South Korea were two teams. I actually I have them both going through. I'm I was convinced by both of them that they're more than capable of doing something in this World Cup. South Korea, the only reason they didn't go to a final was it South Korea? 
Oh, the, in 2002, they went, I can't remember yeah. how far yeah. they went. South Korea. Yeah, they went to the semifinal, right? Yeah. But yeah. I, what I was trying to refer to was when Rivaldo do- dove in the corner against Turkey. Oh, the worst. I, oh, I thought that was South Korea for some reason. But either way, like they've, they've shown in the past what they can do and... It's exciting. There's I a think lot, a lot of positives right now in all of it. It's so open. I think the team that I'm probably most impressed with is Ecuador, just with the way that they move the ball and yeah. how they've been taking it to teams. Just unlucky. And if I'm going to look at a young picture, USA, Canada, man, I think in, in four years, this is a team, two teams that are going to have a little bit more of an established respect in the international football world. And if you saw Musa play today, he was incredible. I also think he was really good against Wales. So just young guys, I think he's 19 years old. Yeah, he's a good player. You know, we we have young guys on Canada that are so freaking good, right? Like Kone, imagine him in 2026. Well, actually, let's talk about one of them quickly. Alistair Johnston. Yeah. Celtic. Yeah. After one World Cup After game. One World Cup Imagine game. him right now. Oh, uh, like he's he's probably feeling so good about himself. And when we uh, like, you got to ask him the trap question as he worded it. When we spoke to him, I asked him, "I was like, what do you? I love that. Like, by the way, wanna, you want to do it? Like, what do you, what are your ambitions?" And he's like, "Well, yeah." And now he's going to Celtic, who. I know the Scottish league isn't by any means the greatest league in the world, but he's going to play European football next year. Champions, it, Champions it, it, League or U- Europa League, whatever. He'll be there because Celtic will make one of them. So, so fantastic. Good. I also saw Ismail Kone was, I saw some rumors about him going to Watford as well, which, you, you know, it's about getting over there. That's yeah. half the battle sometimes. And two guys coming from Montreal. Well, we've, so. we've said this on the pod before all this World Cup started, uh, is that... If Canada does well, their team, the guys on their team are going to start signing big contracts in European football. And we're going to see that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the guys who are already signed, you know, Jonathan David with Lille and Tejan Buchanan, Club Bruges, they're just going to have a little bit more attention on their names. And and that'll happen even more so if Canada can pull out a win against Croatia and score a goal. Yeah. Scoring a goal would be big. Yeah, uh... we need that. I can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm excited for Johnston. Congratulations to our friend, friend of the show. We don't have many, but you're one of them. <laughs> uh, he, he said he'd come back after the World Cup, so yeah. it'd be cool to get his take. We gotta, we'll try and get him before he goes to Scotland so we don't yeah. have to deal with the time difference. <laughs> but yeah, like that's awesome. I saw it last night and I was actually, I felt like I really knew him. Like it was kind of an odd feeling, but I was like, that's so awesome. Like it's so good to see. He was so cool. He was the best. He was it, so, Brad, to give you a little insight, I kept calling him Alex throughout the entire oh. podcast because our producer from the show that day was named Alex. And I kept, I literally did like a full intro and just kept calling him Alex over and over again. And he just laughed and he's like, ah, I'm Alistair. And it was, uh, it was good. And he was so relaxed throughout it. And I feel like all his answers were very genuine. Like and he's felt real, I he, guess. He told us funny stuff that you would, probably only tell your friends like he's like my second toe so long yeah. and like whatever just weird stuff like that or even how the canadian team prepared mm-hmm. and certain things that he let us in on yeah was really cool of him it was cool my next goal to get from the canadian men's national team i want to talk to kamal miller yeah mm-hmm. i want to talk to him i want to ask him why alistair johnson called him nimble <laughs> <laughs> and i just want to talk about the experience of being at this world cup and yeah Seeing his friend Alistair go to Celtic, I guess. Like if Fabrizio, what's his name? Fabrizio Romano. If he's tweeting something out, the the king of England may as well be saying it because it's <laughs> coming true. That's that was such a cool moment for me. Like I always 
if if I hear rumors, I always go to Fabrizio's page to see if it's legit. And seeing Fabrizio write Alistair Johnston, I was like, this is this is what excites me about this Canadian team is we're in the freaking international football sphere now, and and respect is going to be given. It's funny because I had the same feeling where I was like. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, wow, look who tweeted this. Like, this yeah. wasn't just like some, no disrespect, like some Canadian yeah. media person. Like, this is the biggest football insider in the world. And he's he's the one who broke Ronaldo. Yeah. He's the one who broke Messi. And now he just oh, broke yeah. Alistair Johnston. I Same think he level. just won an award. Didn't he just win an yeah, award? Yeah, like the best uh, footballer journalist or yeah. for best like social media journalist yeah. or he something. He must have like connections. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. There's a really good documentary on YouTube about like how he became an insider, how he would like wait at hotels that he knew that. So people respect him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. He would go up and just be like, hey, I'm Fabrizio Romano, blah, 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 gave a spiel. And then he really built those connections. It's a really cool story on basically making it by yourself. That's good for him. Yeah. Uh, it's not an easy world. No. I guess before we wrap up, you guys did a podcast, a live stream today, right? Yes. And then you did a podcast yesterday. Uh, Yeah, we did. What did you guys talk about? We, oh my goodness. Well, we talked about uh, Canada finally being on the the (laughs) map finally as well. Uh, Obviously, well, we're the Sunday League pundit. So we actually talked a little bit about our Sunday League too, which Mm, has been. Which you play on. Thursdays? Yeah, Thursdays. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which uh, was their best game so far, actually. Uh, but yeah, mostly just World Cup coverage as well. A lot of uh, uh, jokes about... Uh, you guys have the serious part. We're Sunday League pundits. We just... We, we break down the, the little the little things. So, yeah. Like just, McKinney wiping his hands on a cameraman's shirt today. Oh, yeah. I we, hated that. We noticed that in the stream, too. We go, did he... Did he just do that? I That was was like he wanted a moment. I didn't like that. And you know, it bothered me because I thought McKinney was really good, like a very good player for the U.S. today. And I'm not one of those people that gets upset about things. I I think people sometimes are too sensitive, but I didn't like that because it almost seemed disrespectful. Like he didn't even say hi to the guy or like, thanks, man, for letting me use your shirt. Like it was just like, use your own shirt. Yeah. I don't know. Like you have your own shirt, your own shorts, wipe your hand on your foot, like what, or your leg. Raining. Pardon? It wasn't raining. It wasn't. No. I, I didn't like that at all, to be quite they honest. They used to be ball boys, didn't they? Who just said like towels and stuff, but I guess not anymore. Rub it was very the, American. It rubbed me the wrong way, I'm not gonna lie. I need his hair colored in the color of France. <laughs> which I thought <laughs> That's was what everyone's bad. saying. Or even kills like me. Serbia, if you want to go that way. There's multiple options. I'll tell you what it didn't remind me of. The USA. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we, we actually mentioned that on the podcast too. We, we, the, the hair is not fantastic. Well, <laughs> Just say that. So are you guys going to do a, a reaction thing again? Well, not for this game, unfortunately, because no we were, mm, <laughs> the, the best thing was, uh, the jokes of, uh, he, Obama down the wing. And that was basically about it. Obama to Washington. That was, that was about all we had in that stream. So no reaction for that one. We, uh, will have probably, Probably one for Canada, though, because awesome. yeah. we are live from that one. Live on Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're live on Twitter and, and twi- Twitter and Twitch, figuring out the YouTube stuff, because Restream is a lot more complicated than it was made out to be. So soon we'll be on YouTube. Yeah. All right, you guys. Catch us there. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Kicked Back presented by Uber One.
That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.